Welcome to Journeys of Teaching. I'm Aaron R. Gearhart. This week we are exploring the journey of Mr. Marcellus Clement. Marcellus is a former PE teacher and girls basketball coach who now serves as an assistant principal at Stephen Decatur Middle School in Clinton, Maryland. Marcellus earned his administrative certification from McDaniel College in Westminster, Maryland. I have known Marcellus since late 2013 through a mutual friend. Marcellus and I have attended three WWE WrestleMania events together and have shared a bond through this common interest as well as our love for family and education. On this episode, we will hear Marcellus' stories about how he developed his professionalism, work ethic, and high expectations for himself and his students. On the following two episodes, we will hear Marcellus' stories about his work as a basketball coach and how it carries over to the way he evaluates and supports the growth of teachers in his school. Also, we will learn about the support Marcellus received in his journey from the classroom to becoming an administrator and how he has paid that support forward for others. This conversation was the first time in about a year or more that Marcellus and I had really had the chance to talk in real time and catch up outside of texts and social media messages. Room uh, next to my bedroom. So that is, that's a new house, man. How, so how's it down in Georgia? Uh, cold right now. I shouldn't complain because it's probably much colder where you're at right now. Um, a little bit, just a little. But I think my blood has thinned out since I've been down here. But it's like it's been in the 20s and 30s when we've got up lately. Ooh, okay. Uh, but it's supposed to start being like midday this week, like 50s and 60s. And then we're going to get a bunch of rain on Friday. Are you kind of same boat for you being an educator? Same boat. I think the first day we can actually get ours is today. I just mm-hmm. don't know the process about who's going to get selected to go first with the 1B. Mm-hmm. But whenever it's time, I'll go ahead and do it. Why not? I got you. WrestleMania. I'm thinking yes. about going to Dallas if it's safe. Are you planning on doing any of these? Or are you pretty locked into like work and having to stay local right now? So right now, so right now in 2021, 2021, yeah, um, I'm not right, going yeah, anywhere. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. But when we think about 2022 or 2023, like you said, LA having the connections in LA and and those groups, I definitely want to take advantage of that. Does she have a place out there? Where does she be staying when she's out there? So she does. She stayed. Marcellus was drawn to the teaching profession. And his love for athletics and math led him to pursue both content areas in college. Talk about um, let's let's really backtrack now. So you grew up in Clinton. I did, and um, like I kind of asked this with everyone I talked to. Like, what drew you into teaching? What was it? Your experiences as a student or as an athlete? Was it um, how you were raised? I know you speak to this day very highly of your mother. Rest in peace. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, like, where did your where did the draw to work in education come from? And thank you for that, that acknowledgement to my mother. I appreciate that. Yeah. So the I would say the acknowledgement of <laughs> I'll, I'll be quite frank. So one of the things was when I get a job, I want to have a job where you work during the school year, but off during the summers. That's the first <laughs> thing that intrigued me. Um, but that was like when I was young. Mm-hmm. Then I had to deal with, OK, I love school. Like I grew up really loving school. Like I did not mind going to school every day. I hardly miss school at all. I think I only missed school throughout my elementary and middle school time, like five days. And that's wow. when I had the flu in, th- in third grade. Other than that, if I had a cold, I was going to school, not unless I was seriously hurt or sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with how I liked the teachers or how the educational experience I had. I had great educational experience. Mm-hmm. So I said I wanted to give back. And I want to give back to the county that gave me an education. So I thought about um, 
what subjects would I want to teach in? So I had two that I had in mind. Um, <laughs> and, and I know Marcus Mitchell, who's a, a great mutual friend of ours. Yes. We went to high school together and I, and he knew this at the time I was like, I either want to be a math teacher or a PE teacher. And it seems like it's so dynamic, but PE was because of my athletic days or, you know, being with sports and everything and loving the human body to math. I was really good. Like math was my strongest subject. Okay. But I kind of shied away from math because I felt like math was going to overwhelm where I saw math was going as far as what the expectations are, the changes in math. Standardization. The standard, standardizations. Yeah. I was like, and I, I got afraid of it. Um, so I went to PE side and I felt like that was a better connection to coaching, which I wanted to do at that time as well. Um, but then I told myself I, w- I would get back and get a master's in math just to give my homage to what I would do for my school career. So I did that. Okay. Um, so going going back you know, to the original point, I, I really wanted to get back to school because I felt like it was a great foundation of what I can do in giving back and serving. Um, but being a principal is something I never thought I would do. I thought I could just teach and coach for 30 years and I was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I grew in my profession, people always saw things in me bigger than what I saw in myself. And I felt like I would not be servicing the right way if I did not go to my full potential or be stagnant. Um, so that's where I continue my growth through college, through my early years of teaching to understand where I am today. But it had to do with the foundation of I was provided a great educational experience. If I wasn't, I don't know if I would feel the same way. Um, but I just had some great experiences and teachers. Around as me. our conversation unfolded, Marcellus shared about his practices as a PE teacher in the years preceding his current role as an assistant principal. Yeah. So what's funny is, and <laughs> you wouldn't think this and know me, like if you know me on a personal life, you wouldn't know this. But when it comes to kids, I'm a huge disciplinarian for some reason. Like it's like I shift, I become the tribal chief within my classroom. Um, but I'm a huge disciplinarian. And what always got me for that is starting at 22, first year teaching, I felt like, especially they were like 13 or 14, I had to separate myself to say, hey, yeah, I may not be that much older than you, but you're going to think I'm much older than you. <laughs> and it wasn't like being mean, but being consistent. Yeah, and That worked for the middle school level. It's like, they knew they couldn't get over me. Um, if I said something, I was going to stand by it and nothing was going to change. I was going to be flexible and I was going to listen and, and be caring, but I was going to start in my ways. And by doing that early on, that was my style. Now, once they got a chance to know me, they understood, oh, Mr. Clement's not going to uh, play around, but he's going to be fair for you. And I think that lasted with me throughout my whole time. And I'm, I'm harder on kids because I want to make sure they know the expectation of what you have to do to be successful. You need to make sure you stay consistent in that because nobody's going to give you any free chances or freebies, but you got to make sure you earn everything. You can't give, give nothing to you or give anything to you. So um, that worked for me. Yeah. Uh, it still works for me as an administrator, but they know I'm going to be very fair in that. So teaching them the value of hard work and absolutely effort. Can you give me an example of like, like what would be like a class period? Like what would it look like when you were teaching? So <laughs> I'll, I'll do two examples. So one example was in, in PE on the middle school level, they would have to change clothes. And in order to change clothes, once again, we're talking about hygiene. You're not coming to this PE class if you're not going to be 
appropriately dressed. And when we think about appropriately dressed, let's think about careers that have had the uniform. Mm-hmm. You work at Target, Best Buy, places, or, or even a restaurant. A postal worker, they have to wear a uniform as an expectation because you're representing that company. Let's think about even sports. You have to wear a uniform a certain type of way. You just can't wear it any way you want to because you have to represent a company. So now let's represent yourself within this class. This is the requirement for this class. You're going to do this. And if you're not going to participate with a uniform, okay, that's fine. But when it comes to like a choice activity day where you get to choose the activities you want to have instead of the ones I'm guiding for you, then you won't be able to participate because you did not go by the guidelines or time is going to be taken off. Because let's say if you dress one or two days out the week, but not all three, you're going to get reduced that time. So having that expectation, like in order to get the things that you want and earn, you have to do certain things first. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing was making sure you understand, okay, yes, this may be PE class, but we're going to make sure we write notes, vocabulary, something that every day. So every day when we do a warm up, we're going to have some type of written exercise where you know either the importance of what we're doing today or how this can correlate to other content areas. We really strive to do that in PE because it really helped make that connection. And if you write something, you're not having an expectation or you're just trying to half it, I'm going to give you that half credit. So my grading is going to be very strict to what I expect. Mm -hmm. Um, So as that came about, the kids understood my style. And once again, they came prepared every day. They knew what we had to do um, and they participated. And it wasn't no no attitude or talk back saying this is stupid. This is because I gave the parents an expectation to for back to school night. Um, even with back to school night, you think I would come in a regular PE uniform. No, I would wear a shirt and tie for back to school night because this is the expectation I have about my, my class. Yeah. Um, so once again, they understood the foundation of what we're trying to do. And on top of that, changing the PE narrative where this is not a play class or recess. This is an academic class to understand this is what we need to do to, to get content in or to get content relating to other content areas. It's also, I remember freshman year introductory class to education. I was in college. We talked a lot about act like a professional. Mm -hmm. We get not just ourselves, but our profession gets treated like a profession and not a a trade. Parts of the body. So let's say we're doing a volleyball unit, right? Mm -hmm. I said, okay, when we're doing a volleyball bump, you know, what part of the muscle are we using? So, okay, we're using the bicep, which is, you know, the upper arm where people like flexing and everything. That is your bicep. But let's think of what bicep means. How many muscles are in the bicep? And they thought about it. I was like, well, think about math. When did you heard things or seen things that had to deal with bi in it? So I said, what about bicycle? How many wheels? Two. Oh, bicycle. I mean, so now it's two muscles there. Great. So now when we think about triceps, Okay, what about try? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Tricycle, triangle, how many areas, how many points? Three. So it's three muscles in the back of your arm. So that's how we make that connection where you see some of these Latin roots as far as PE that correlates to math, that correlates to science because they all go through the same thing. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate yep. that. That's cool. Yep. Had a couple of your players ended up getting scholarships to go play ball in college. Yes. And I know that you posted about that on social media, and that was yep. a very big point of pride for you and Bryce, because I think yep. you were coaching with Bryce at the oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was so honestly, when it came to, and, I, and the school I coached at was Central. And like you said, I had three girls that ended up playing college basketball with scholarships. Um, at that time, I felt like I was complacent because I felt like I, um, I got central where it needed to be um, from only winning one game my first season and then getting 30 wins my last three years, nice. you know, averaging at least 10 wins a season and getting kids into college. I felt like I did what I needed to do to shift the program. Did I finish? No. Um, that's the bad taste I left in my mouth. I felt like I didn't finish 
but I felt like it was the right time to move on to allow my assistant coach at the time, which was a lady, mm-hmm. become a head coach. Um, so I felt like that was even great for me to do that. Um, and it's always great to see like three years down the line, I go back to Central just to check out games and one of my good friends who's a boys basketball coach there and they still know who I am. So just yeah. the fact that saying like, hey, Coach Clement, great to see you, that, that always means something where the school community you impact, regardless of how small or big, they still remember you for what you did during your time there. Absolutely. And I, I, I think I picked up on something and I think it's resonated in what we've talked about so far is that <laughs> complacency seems to bug you. Like it you, want, you want to continue moving. I don't want to call up a ladder because that sounds too corporate, but trying yeah. to find what's that next step for Marcellus? What yep. was that next goal? And I know you, you want to eventually have your own building. That's kind of the next goal. Yep. Um, where does that, that drive come from? Like, is that something you've kind of had your whole life? Um, where's that come from? That's a good question. I would say it probably comes from not wanting to be bored or not something coming too easy. I always want to challenge. Um, maybe I can connect that to my mother because my mother was always pushing me to, to be better. Like I remember one comment before I was like in second grade and she was mad. She was like, well, why didn't you get straight A's? I said, mom, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, but she said that in a way, not for me to get straight A's, but she said that, are you settling in these mm. classes? Mm. And, it, and they kind of impacted me in sixth grade. And I remember this very importantly, it was a guy named Mr. Smith. He was probably a hard teacher. Everybody said, you'll never get an A in his class. You always get C, 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 C's. So the first quarter I did get a C in his class. I was like, wait, this is not me. So I really drove to be better to be better. I got a B second quarter, then I end up getting an A third quarter. And I think that continued drive of saying like, I'm not going to be complacent. I'm not going to settle. I want to be better. And I always want to prove people wrong because sometimes they get an interpretation of me growing up. Oh, he doesn't know how to do this. Oh, wow. He's better than what I thought. Or even to this day, he's a former PE teacher. He doesn't know instruction when it comes to administration. Oh, wow. He really does know instruction. So it's like kind of having that building of making sure you're always proving people to be better. Um, and, and not in an egotistical way, just humbly saying, okay, I know what I'm doing. This is how we're going to do it. And that way, um, that continues to drive me. I just never, ever want to be in one same spot in the entire career. Like I thought I would early on saying, oh, I can teach for 30 years, but yeah, no, I always want to get myself to be better. We, 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 a lot of people call that grit, what you're talking yep. about, where is that I'm going to find the tools or the the support or this, the work I need to put in to succeed and to yep. achieve that goal. And that's something that, I mean, that seems to resonate through your story quite a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. That kind of like has always stood out to me just being your friend for as long as we've known each other and yep. then hearing the way with the educators that that you're able to impact in your students previously also is that you you're one of the more selfless people that I know Mm -hmm. very willing to give and to be there for people um I'll just use I have the advantage of knowing more about you than I do some of the other people I'm talking to for this your wife spends a lot of time out in Los Angeles because she's, uh, is she considered like a PA for Mm -hmm. television or what is her official role now? So she started as a PA now. So now with the show, she's at, I'll even put a plug family reunion, Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, watch it. It's a great family show. And she started out as, um, the assistant to the executive who is the creator of the show, Mm -hmm. but now she's an associate producer. Um, so she's making that way up that ladder. Um, in, in, in production. So that's where she is now. She's a social producer. 
And like you're having to make a pretty big sacrifice to support her in that work because you live on the East Coast and she's yep. going to the reason we scheduled this today is because I think she was fixing to leave last week to go she to LA was. for like two months. Yep. And with a pandemic, I know like I remember you would go out and visit from time to time, but with a oh, pandemic yeah. travel for you and she probably got to stay fairly separated from people so as not to wreck production. Right. That's a big sacrifice. And you've always you've been. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you guys have conversations behind closed doors, but <laughs> you've always been so supportive of her and so selfless in your relationship and the marriage and making it work. Yep. yep. And it seems like that kind of bleeds over in the way that you work with, you know, the professionals that you work with. Like, what what can I do for you? Um, who taught you that that selflessness, or who? How did that get instilled in you? Because like. It seems like folks from Clinton, Maryland, or your area, are just like that. Because I know Marcus is very much like that. Bryce is um, too. Bryce, yeah. like traveling with you guys, has always been so easy. The times we've traveled together. Yeah. Where does that come from, too? So I'll definitely say that comes from my mom because she definitely sacrificed a lot, you know, just to raise me. And you know, of course, I lost my father at a very, very early age. Mm-hmm. So by her kind of like giving up some things in order to make sure I was in a good standing, mm-hmm. that was very important for her. So I felt like, hey. And honestly, like if it came down to it, I'm um, not saying this will happen, but even if I had to become a single father, sometimes I know I could do it because I want to make sure I could still raise a kid. It's not going to be an excuse. So I always look to see, hey, she did this for me. So what can I do for you? Um, and she would never ask for anything. And I don't ever ask for anything because every year, jokingly, my wife asks me, well, what do you want for Christmas? <laughs> I don't know. But but I always think about what I could do for her. Um, and going back to what you were saying about, about her, it works I guess because I sacrificed myself to make sure I have a stable place where she can have that freedom. Mm. And I never, ever want to stop somebody from having their dream. And, and, and for you and your family too, I mean, your wife had to make some sacrifices oh, yeah. selfless for, for you and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys are working. So everybody does it in their own individual ways. It's just knowing how to make sure in a relationship wise, you communicate that and then you go from there. But for an individual, always thinking about you before me, because I'm gonna make sure I'm taken care of because I'm okay, but making sure you are too. Yeah. I think if if nothing else from your story, what I hope people take away is that yes, like you said before, there's those technical aspects of what we do in education. Yeah. But I think that there's something to be said. And I think I know Charlotte Danielson never intended for that framework to be used to evaluate teachers, but it's, <laughs> it's certainly been uptaken in a yes. lot of states and a lot of districts. There's disposition to the work we do. Yes. And I, we don't just develop dispositions in a vacuum or in a teacher education program. You draw upon a lot of life experiences. And I mean, I've heard you in your story, you've drawn upon obviously your, your wonderful mother, mm-hmm. the people that have supported you within your district, your roles in coaching. Like there's a lot that you're drawing upon mm-hmm. in the work that you Marcellus do. has high expectations, starting with himself in his work and personal life. And he holds students to a high bar as well because he recognizes that students will achieve more if he expects more. He is a professional and portrayed himself in this light starting in his days as a classroom teacher and into his current administrative work. Though his mother is no longer with us, we get a sense from Marcellus' stories that he is still very much in dialogue with her and her lessons of selflessness and hard work as he works towards professional goals and sets new ones. We will continue to explore Marcellus' narrative of teaching over the next two episodes of Journeys of Teaching. You can follow Marcellus on Twitter at MrClementEDU. That's M-R-C-L-E-M-E-N-T-E-D-U. 
My contact information is in the episode description. This is Journeys of Teaching. I am Aaron R. Gearhart, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.